I'm, I'm done with the new music. Hip hoppy wop bop. Made of fail. We were unpopular before it was cool. Come on, let's get this gay show on the gay road. Back off, man. I'm a scientist. It makes sense now. Yeah, it's not falling into place. Of course, that place is nowhere near this place. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Made to Fail. My name is George, and uh, it's episode 74. And before we get into introducing our guests this time, I do have something I do want to bring up, and that's the fact that um, we, we heard you last time, and you were very angry, and we certainly apologize for that. Actions have been taken. Um, as Of course, the... Uh, Thoughts of Sonic Gav, uh, Gavin Leaf, are not the thoughts of Made of Fail, and we certainly don't subscribe to any of that bigotry, and we certainly apologize for putting him on the air. Um, we hope that will never happen again. Um, also, it's been brought to my attention that we should be plugging our website more, um, because there's not just the podcasts. Uh, a lot of you do get the iTunes update. Um there's more to it than that. Um, we have many, many, many uh, blogs, uh, different podcasts. Uh, we got a contributor here tonight. Um, and it's really awesome, and you should check out metafail.net uh, as soon as possible. In fact, you can go ahead and listen to Metafail, and then go to the, the site, and then read something about Metafail. It, it works out. Okay, so now we're going to get into the meat of the episode, which is... Hey, it's our sixth anniversary. Woo-hoo! Woo! And joining us on, on this momentous occasion, uh, we have, uh, let's see, we have Kaylee from Anglophies. Hello. How you doing? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm good, good. It was my birthday yesterday, so I'm happy. Oh, happy birthday. Happy birthday. <laughs> and of thank course, you. good luck with the uh, the World Cup and trying to win the monies. <laughs> At this moment in time, I will just be happy if England loses, because yes, I am one of those Scottish people. <laughs> oh, I think English, England lost, so... Oh, they lost today. It was good. <laughs> there were tears, there were Scottish people in the crowd waving excitedly. It was beautiful. We also have, returning for a long hiatus, Emily from Comics Mix and Awesome Con. <laughs> yeah, a long hiatus. Uh, it's been a while. Hi, guys. Uh, but George, it's, it's comicmix.com. Okay. If anyone, uh, yeah, if anyone's interested, I've been writing for Comic Mix. Uh, I wrote for about a year and a half for them, and little took a little hiatus, and I'm back now. And I'll be at all the big cons, reporting on stuff, so like San Diego, New York, Dragon Con, all that, Baltimore Comic Con. So yeah, if anyone likes to read about nerd things, comics, etc., I'm writing over there, ComicMix.com. And I did. I took a hiatus because I was the program coordinator for AwesomeCon DC, which was awesome. We had over thirty thousand people, so yay! I hope it's even bigger next year. Woo. Wow! And then also returning, we have uh, house artist Benjamin. Also uh, uh, does his uh, self-published title Soul Exodus. Ben, how you doing? I'm doing great. Hello, hello, hello. All right. So we have assembled this motley crew of characters. For one purpose, and one purpose only. Stuff that is awesome, and not just conventions. <laughs> <laughs> um, what I uh, thought we should talk about 
on the sixth anniversary of the show is something that was brought up in the first show, which is everybody has that something awesome that uh, they want to share with the world. And flipping a coin that doesn't have three sides. <laughs> Roll a die. Uh, Emily, I'll go ahead and start with you. Uh, what's something that's awesome that you want to share with Okay, so George, I told you I'm a cheater, and I'm going to cheat, and I'm going to share three little things that are making me happy right now. So okay. I, there are a lot of really big awesome things in this world, but right now it's just been a, little, a lot of little awesome things. So awesome thing number one is actually a shopping thing. It's a product that I bought recently, and I am in love with it. Okay, so it is... The Tetris Lamp from ThinkGeek.com. It's so fucking cool. Can we swear on here? I can't remember. I hope so. All right. It's so fucking cool. Um, So I just got it, and it was out of stock for a while, and I just bought it. And I was like, I'm going to put this on my table at work. I have this little table, and I had nothing good to go on it. So I bought it, and I took it into work. And the way it works is it's got, a, like, a blue, like, you know, one of the ones that are four squares in a row, and it's the power block. And then all the other pieces light up as long as they're touching. So you can okay. stack it however you want, and it's just really, really fun. And I love it so much, I'm going to get another one and make a double one. So every single person who has walked by my office has fallen in love with this lamp, and I wanted to share with you all that it really is as awesome as it sounds. Well, eventually you're going to run into the problem. You can get too many pieces, and it's going to pile high to the roof and game over. I know, or or I'm going to make a row, and it, the lamp's going to disappear, which is yeah. our, our worry, you know. But <laughs> but it's so cool. So yeah, everybody who's looking for something fun to put around the house, uh, I'm in love with this lamp. I have no idea um, if you can replace. It's a, like LEDs, and I don't know like how long it lasts or if you can replace. But it's super easy to use. You just plug it in. It's really cute. Yay. So that's thing one, because that it makes me happy in my little shopping soul. Um, thing two has been around for a while, but I somehow did not know about it until just now. It's um, a, a thing that's done by Screen Junkies, and it's called Honest Trailers. So <laughs> have, you guys, have you guys encountered Honest Trailers before? I've yep. seen a few of them, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I, I had not seen these before i don't want i don't know why because i'm on the internet a lot but yeah if you go to youtube or just like google honest trailers it comes up and they have like 50 plus of these and basically it's this guy with a great like trailer voice doing just what it says on the box which is like talking about the movies and kind of critiquing slash summarizing them so i mean maybe don't watch once if you haven't seen them yet but it's they're so funny just I mean, you know, not every single one is hilarious, hilarious, but they're pretty damn funny. So, yeah, Honest Trailers has been making me laugh, and one of them, I can't remember which one it was, it might have been Captain America, made me spit my water out twice in the same trailer, so that's a pretty high recommendation. Um, And then thing three is that, and I've talked about this on Comic Mix before, and I actually did some interviews, and we had them come to the press club and do a screening and stuff, but uh, the doc... Documentary, I Know That Voice, which is all about voice actors, and it was put together by John DiMaggio, who is Bender from Futurama, and it features, like, all the best living voice actors and, like, the history of voice acting, and they do their voices, and they talk about building characters. It's a really, really cool documentary. It's been out for a little while on, like, iTunes and stuff, but 
now the DVD with all the extras, which has, like, more interviews and all that kind of stuff, is available on Amazon as of, like, two days ago. So I don't even have it yet, but I'm super excited because uh, John told me the extras are really awesome. And it has commentary with the director and the producer and John. So, yeah. I'm super excited about that. (laughs) Awesome sauce. Okay, cool. Yeah, so those are my things. (laughs) (laughs) I have more things, but I don't want to take up the whole time, so yay. That's that's fine. Um, Kaylee, just, uh, besides Britain losing, what else would, do, you, do you think is awesome in the world? <laughs> uh, well, I was thinking about this because I didn't want to talk about something that I talk about on the other podcast that I occasionally appear on, so that meant Hannibal was out the window. Um, ah. my, my favorite topic of conversation. So I'm going to pick another TV show that I really love, which is basically unheard of in the UK, but is kind of a cult hit in America, and that's The Venture Brothers. Which I am obsessed with. I discovered it (laughs) one night when I was popping channels, and it was like one o'clock in the morning, and I stumbled across this episode, and I had no idea what was going on, and I just knew it was really funny. So I decided to track down the episodes, and I ended up devouring the entire show, which at that point was four seasons in the space of about a week and a half. Unfortunately, the new season started two weeks later, and I didn't have to wait two and a half years like the other fans did, which was nice. (laughs) It's by two guys called Doc Hammer and Jackson Public, and you should like the show only because the guy's called Doc Hammer. <laughs> and it originally started out as a parody of kind of the boy adventurer genre, the Johnny Quest style cartoon about this guy called Rusty Venture, who used to be this famous boy adventurer along with his his dad, who was basically like a cross between Don Draper and James Bond, only even more of a dick. Mm-hmm. And as he's grown up, he's become increasingly embittered and in a really terrible super scientist and has forced his own sons, who are actually clones, into being their own boy adventurers. Hank and I just woke up on the floor. We were playing Ouija, and a guy hypnotized us. Dean? With his magical Dracula powers. Dean, I'm going to turn around now, and you better be on fire. You're standing there in flames, and the only person who can put you out is me. Because that is the only conceivable reason that you would wake me up like this! And it started out as a sort of relatively simple parody, and it evolved into this really weirdly complex show with all of these differing mythologies and vast char- characterizations, which you don't usually see in animation let alone animated comedies, they tend to have a a bit of a fishbowl memory where something will happen and then nobody talks about it in the next episode. Everything that happens in every episode of the show will be referenced again. The consequences, you know, matter. And I found that really fascinating because that doesn't happen in animation. And someone who will appear as a a one-joke character will eventually become part of the series and this big ensemble and will have interactions with the rest of the characters. And every character on the show is hilarious. There's a... (laughs) There's a, a sergeant called Hunter Gathers who's based on Hunter S. Thompson who ends up becoming a uh, transden- transgender stripper at one point and is absolutely hilarious and really well handled for a transgender character in an animated comedy. Mm-hmm. Like I could, there's there is a thesis waiting to be written about the gender politics of the show. I'm just too stupid to write it myself. <laughs> I, I feel like I could just sort of list all of the things that I like about it and be here for ages. But just fun there's certain things I like. Um, Patrick Warburton is one of the voices in it, and he's brilliant. The guys who run the show basically do about 80% of the voices themselves, including um, Dr. Girlfriend, who's my favourite character, who's the girlfriend slash wife of the villain, the monarch, who is the arch enemy of Rusty Venture, who is allotted in that position by a bureaucratic organisation of supervillains run by David Burry. Huh. 
<laughs> you should like nice. the show because David Bowie runs a group of supervillains and he can turn into a hawk. And it's one of the, it does a lot of the same things you expect in animated shows. It does a lot of pop culture references, but it's handled in a much more subtler way than some animated comedies I could mention, like, you know, terrible ones like Family Guy. Yeah. It's also got great music and it's just really funny and surprisingly moving and I'm completely obsessed with it and I'm sad I'm probably going to have to wait another two and a half years for season six. Oh. Aww. Cruel joke. You should also watch it because there is a Russian supervillain in it called Molotov Cocktease. <laughs> nice. nice. I actually, if I can throw this in here, I actually missed the boat on Venture Brothers like when it first came out. I, I saw like one or two episodes and it didn't do it for me at the time. And I'm kind of glad I revisited it much, much later because I actually got the first season on DVD. And um, yeah, it, it hooked me in after that. I guess I wasn't ready for it at the time. So it's a yeah, lot. Yeah, I think it is definitely the. It starts out in sort of shaky speed, but by season two, it really feels comfortable with itself and it has evolved into something completely new. It and helps. It helps, like, because I, I never, you know, I didn't grow up on, on some of the things that they parody in the show. I mean, I grew up on them, but I wasn't into them, like, you know, enough to really love the, the comedy of it. But, you know, you find other things to love about that show after, uh, before too long. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's a really I, fascinating yeah. exploration, if only for the idea of having this character who was this child prodigy and just watching that he has become such an awful, miserable, pathetic failure of a human being as an adult. And watching how he's ended up passing that onto his own kids, I think the entire commentary on that is actually really interesting. Um, and it gets. I have a, I have a lot of friends who are in that into that stuff, though. And I, just, I haven't. I really want to watch it at some point. So I appreciate this, Kaylee, because now I really, really want to. <laughs> Sorry. Good. Anyone, anything that encourages people to watch it is great. I've tried to get some friends to watch it, but it is when you have to tell them to sit through the first season, which is a bit shaky because you, you can't jump into this show at a random episode like you could do something like. You know, The Simpsons or Futurama or Bob's Burgers or something like that. You do have to sit down and just go from it from episode one. Which in itself is very rewarding. I think I think it's most like it's arrested development and that there are jokes that will take entire episodes if, if seasons to actually get to the punchline. But it's completely worth it. And it plays along different... It does different styles of narrative, of animation. It plays with a lot of conventions of the genres. And I think... There's nothing on TV really doing that, let alone animated comedies. Just to see them have that level of ambition and trust their audience to get it. There's no dumbing down of it at all. They're just like, look, you're either with it or you're not. So just have fun with it. I'll There's admit, also a character called Brick Frog. So watch it for that. I'll admit I haven't seen much of Venture Brothers. Um, I, my friends were very much into it. It was kind of when I was getting out of animation. Um, but I, I, I think I should take another look at it. Wait, how, that- how do you... How do you get out of animation? What's wrong with you? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm with Emily on this one. It's like the mafia. Every time you think you're out, they, it pulls you back in. They pull you back in, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, my my biggest problem is uh, I will devour something and then um, let it slide a little bit and get away from it. But eventually I do come back to it. So I've done that. Well, that's good. Yeah. Animation I, can't lose you forever. No. No, it can't. And I do know Venture Brothers is responsible for one of my favorite quotes um, for the thing I'm going to be talking about later, which is, I dare you to make less sense. Yes! <laughs> That's mine, too. <laughs> Absolutely. I've said that before. I, wore, I spend a lot of time around like uh, kids and teenagers, so I get the opportunity to say that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> nice. It's an incredibly quotable show. 
Also, trying to write into people who will get the quotes is a little harder. I do use the line, um, there is no good news, just bad news and weird news quite a lot. <laughs> okay. Very fitting in my life, unfortunately. Mm. Alright, um, Ben, what have you got for us today? Besides um, your comic book. Which, again, is called Soul, Soul Exodus, ladies and gentlemen. Soul Exodus. Yeah, I, I'm always doing something with that. Um, I, I've exhibited at New York Comic Con the past, uh, I think, five or six years. I'm starting to lose count now. But I'll be back there this year, and um, hopefully I'll have something new. Uh, not necessarily a big something, but uh, hopefully something, something, something new. Um, what I have today, uh, I have an unfortunate confession to make, and that is what I have to show. Uh, first of all, it does not play well in an auditory medium because it's it's drawing. Uh, second of all, it is not completely complete yet. However, by the time, you know, this, there's a little time travel involved in this. By the time this episode airs, I guarantee it will be finished and it will be complete. And hopefully it will be the, you know, the title, you know, image for this episode. I would like to think, hopefully. But I'll leave that, guy, that up to you. Can everybody, uh, I'm going to send something through this chat here. Yeah, Ben, can I just say that's both awful and wonderful planning. You're like, it's not ready yet, but it's going to be ready, so <laughs> you can't, you can't hear me, it, I'll... but you'll be able to see it. <laughs> that's, that's, that's me all over. Uh-huh. But, yeah, um, this is the pencil artwork for, you know, I, this is my anniversary present, I guess, to Made of Phil, because uh, I've been... Cute! I had, this, I had this idea for this for a while, um, uh, pretty much since George proposed doing this episode of... Doing sort of a made-a-fail, uh, you know, geek parody of, you know, the Oscar selfie from this year. Um, <laughs> and sticking everybody in, you know, our our internet uh, made-a-fail parents in the middle of all of the <laughs> various subject matter that they've covered over the past couple of years. Um, hopefully, everybody... I will- see Deadpool! <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now you're my favorite person. <laughs> Deadpool in a top hat. Oh. <laughs> that is unbelievably awesome, Ben. That looks but it really it looks yeah. amazing. I can't wait to see the finished product. Yeah. Let's yeah. tease all the readers or the <laughs> listeners rather. Haha. <laughs> well by the time they're downloading this, it'll be up on the site anyway. Hopefully. Yeah, that's fair. It will. Hopefully. I know it, it will. It, okay. When I when I when I say it's, it will be, I, I that's a guarantee. I don't. Okay. I'm, I take that sort of thing very seriously. So, yeah. Um, this is my thing. You know, I always say, and and it's becoming my philosophy with things more and more. Is I like to make friends through art, and it's worked out pretty well for me so far. Like it's you know it's how I managed to. Uh, you know, meet all you guys and and find out all the things that are interesting about everybody everybody here and and uh, work with Made of Fail on all these different uh, projects and do everybody's uh, everybody's website banner. Apparently, I don't know if there's any <laughs> left that I haven't done yet. I uh, did the Anglo fees one. I know that. Um, yeah. I really Dude, like, one of these days I'm gonna get a website again, and then you could do it. <laughs> I my my internet door is always open. Um, Yay! If I have time, I've got one other thing that I want to talk about. That's that's uh, awesome in a slightly different way, but it'll lend itself much better to an auditory medium. That's cool. Um, 
That is, you know, I've been to a bunch of conventions this year. Um, namely, and uh, namely, I have two nieces. One is going on twelve. The other one is going on sixteen. And I'm trying to kind of raise the next generation of geeks in that way because um, my older niece is a big anime fan, and she's I'm trying to get her into American comics now and. She's a big cosplay girl, and she loves that stuff. So the past couple of years, um, you know, they live in Florida, in Orlando, Florida. And there's a, a convention down there. It's the first convention I ever went to when I actually lived down there myself. It's called Megacon in Orlando, Florida. Um, very, very awesome convention. Uh, and I started going with them last, you know, starting last year. And it's kind of it's kind of amazing, like, to see, you know, the to have you know these kids that um that are coming into their own as far as their own geeked and their own fandoms what they like what they're finding out that they like that they never thought they did before um this year was the first year that i got my younger niece to to come with us and she wasn't too sure about it because she's really shy um and she actually had a harley quinn costume that she made or that she I'm i'm not sure if it was made or if it was bought but she had it and uh, she wore it for Halloween the previous year, and I kind of had to talk her into wearing it for this Aww, convention. Good so for she's you. This, she's this little tiny, you know, uh, you know, three and a half foot, you know, little pixie of a girl, and she's just this uh, this ball of sunshine, and everybody loved her, and and she's she's wearing this this little Harley Quinn costume in these in these tiny like Doc Martin boots, uh, which is just the best. And well, now wait. Was was she animated Harley Quinn or like comics Harley? What what kind of Harley was, Quinn was she? It was a little. It was a little of everything. It was kind of like a dress and some leggings, but it was very Harley Quinn esque. And then she had like this, you know, the sort of the hat. She didn't wear like a full mask or makeup or anything, but she had like the little uh, headpiece. That uh, Aww. It was it was cute. Um, that sounds adorable. Yeah. Yeah, and. I actually got a chance to, you know, there was there was somebody else that was there that was uh, cosplaying as a male version of Harley Quinn, um, and he had this ginormous hammer, like huh. bigger than bigger than me, which is not saying much because I'm not a very big person. But um, I had to like I, I went up to the guy and I'm like, dude, can I please borrow your your gigantic hammer so I can take a picture with my niece? And it was, like, twice her size, and she couldn't lift it. I actually had to lift it, like, hold it for her <laughs> when she went it. And it was just the coolest thing. Like, I, I, I really need to print that picture because it's, like, one of my favorite pictures that I've taken with her. I was also wearing a Joker T-shirt at the same time, so that was, that was a plus. Oh, that's awesome. Um, there was a guy cosplaying Harley Quinn. I have never seen that. I hope you took a picture of that guy. Nah, I, I kind of wish I had. It was, uh... Aw, bummer. It was sort of this Harley Quinn meets Silent Hill type of thing that he had going. He he worked the hell out of it. It was it was pretty cool. I want to see that. No, I love cosplay, and I haven't. I've never seen anyone do male Harley Quinn that I know of. So that'd be I've awesome. seen a, I've seen a few actually. I thought it was kind of a thing. I thought it was one of the more popular things to like sort of you know male. I, I don't know. I know there's a term for it. I forget what gender it is. bend to, to well, gender bend it. There's that. I think there's a different term for it that I've Real heard. Fifty three. Thank you. Yes. Yes. Oh, rule sixty-three. Okay. Yes. Okay. Huh? No, I've never seen it. That's weird because I go to a lot of cons too. By the way, we should totally meet up in New York. <laughs> but yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. But uh, one last thing is that um, 
this is what I mean by like discover, like like seeing these kids discover things. Um, my youngest niece also this year just discovered that there was a Spider Woman and a She Hulk. Oh, nice! Aww. So, the, so the, the floodgates opened on that. Like I, uh, like I immediately I went to Asbury Park Comic Con like a month later, and I was actually exhibiting there. But I was right across the table, across the aisle from us was uh, was a store from I think. Um, I don't want to get the state wrong, but it was it was a the comic book store that had a booth, and they and I had them searching for like She-Hulk comics for like uh, Marvel Adventures, like the all ages stuff that uh, that I could uh, okay. get for. So at the same con in Orlando, my older niece like dropped this bombshell on me that like she 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 sort of like matter of factly said, you know, I really like Wonder Woman, and I really like Black Widow. I'm like, why am I just hearing about this now? Yeah. <laughs> This this could be a thing because my older niece, uh, she and I, the uh, our thing together was always um, Harry Potter. And then that ended, and it ended like right, you know, when she hit like you know teenager dumb. So that was kind of the end of an era. That's like you know, and I, I've been trying to find like a new thing for me and uh, my niece. So I'm like, you, this is something that should have been brought to my attention much sooner. <laughs> but yeah, those are. I guess awesome. we want to talk about something awesome. I'll, I'll always find a way to talk about you know my nieces and my nephews. My my oldest nephew also went with me to to MegaCon in Orlando. Um, he was a trooper. He was the only one that went with me for all three days, and um, he seemed to have fun. Like my my oldest nephew is so chill about everything. Sometimes it's hard to tell whether or not he's actually enjoying himself. But um, he. Uh, I wasn't able to buy him like they actually had like working like like real batarangs that he liked. It was the only thing that he geeked out about, but his dad wouldn't let him. So, Aww. So, so hey, can I ask what was how was Asbury Park Con? Because I've heard of it and I'm from New Jersey, but I haven't ever been. So was it good? It was really good this year. Actually, it was. Um, they expanded it from last year. Last year it was in the convention hall. Uh, this sort of tiny you know semi amphitheater like not amphitheater because it's indoors but um they expanded a little bit it was in this the hotel across the street from there um there were a lot more guests a lot more stuff um george you may be aware of this dana got some of the stuff that i got there for her birthday yeah so very very grateful yeah uh jh williams was actually at a table literally like 12 feet away from me so that was nice that was that was a moment for me like you know i'm i'm you know, trying to get stuff signed, and then I'm like, wait a minute, I'm also here to work. I should be promoting my own stuff. <laughs> smooth, I'm, very smooth. I'm drawing. I'm I'm having a hard time. You know, you know, drawing the line between you know being a fanboy and um, actually trying to become a professional in the business. So that's uh, it's a work in progress. Well, I hope you never lose that fanboyism because that's gonna that's gonna make it everything worthwhile that you do. I just so I've heard. I just found out like I, I just came from Special Edition NYC this past weekend and I sat in on Mike Allred's panel. Mike Allred is is drawing Silver Surfer right now, mm-hmm. and he's another like he's a huge fanboy. He was into you know you know the Lee Kirby Fantastic Four stuff and you know he's saying like it's a dream come true to finally be drawing Silver Surfer. Like I, that was that was a cool moment because like you know he's a he, he's a big shot in the business, but he's still like you know he he can still be be a geek about things like just like any of us can i think 
everybody who's working in the bit. Well, most people. I mean, if you're not if you're not a geek, then you're doing it wrong. You're, if you're doing it like for the money, you're in the wrong business for that. Yeah. So, <laughs> but I mean, all all the people I know who are like artists and writers and whatever, they're total geeks about it. I mean, they might not say it every day, but yeah, I, I've I've heard that before from people like, oh, I can't believe I finally get to work on this, and it's really fun to hear. Yeah, it's like you just geek out with everybody. Um, I'll go ahead and share, um, I thought I was only going to be able to have time to share one thing. It turns out, uh, probably be able to share both of them because I could not decide. First thing, first thing I'll I'll share is, uh, Radio Dead Air, which is every Monday from, I believe, 7.30 to 2 a.m. in the morning. And the reason I, uh, I, I, I like this is it's internet radio. With a video quality, so you have an internet DJ named Nash, Nash Bozard, and just brings you stuff that he likes, good music, um, sometimes some terrible music to, you know, inflict pain on the listeners, because he has a producer, (laughs) and his producer's very weird, and he also has a couple segments on the show, Um, he uh, produces, uh, he actually produces for Channel Awesome, and Weekly, he does a show called What the Fuck is Wrong with You? Nice! <laughs> Which is a, is a 30 minutes of horrible news stories. Oh, man. Maybe not so nope. nice. <laughs> well, and he, no injuries for the most part. Nobody dies. Just the stories that you look and you go, Huh? Is it like and stupid it, people doing stupid things or something? Yes. 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 Okay, then nice. Yeah, definitely. I, w- I would listen to that. <laughs> Their stories get, I, usually start with the phrase Florida man. Yes. Ah, okay. As somebody who's lived in Florida before, it's all true. It is. <laughs> it's I, true. I was born in Florida. It's true. So, um, nice. But anyway, that's uh, Mondays at, uh, again, I believe 7.30 to... 2 a.m. and what the fuck is wrong with you? It's 11:30, and that's all Eastern time, of course. Um, the other thing I want to promote um, is actually a book series that I'm not sure if uh, anybody's familiar with it or not. Um, it's uh, written by uh, Simon R. Green, and it's the Nightside series. And I'll assume by the silence that nobody knows what I'm talking about. I have not heard of it. No. Okay, cool. So here's the premise. It takes place in London, because he's a British writer, and it deals with a private detective. Instead of working in mainstream London, he goes to the night side, which is uh, basically the very, very dark, uh, hidden side of London. So dark and hidden, in fact, it has magical entrances to get in. And what you find there is everything. Literally everything. Um, It is a repository for all the things dark and light that anybody has ever thought of. So, if you want to go talk to the great Cthulhu, he's on the Street of Gods. Yeah. You know, next to next to uh, some Pope and next to uh, Razor Eddie, the uh, Switchblade God of Punk. Huh. And it's just this wonderfully sarcastic but still funny series that deals with what happens when there are no mysteries left and everything is known and then something else is happening that is unknown and this guy is getting chased by people who have tried to kill him 
since before he was born, and he doesn't know why. And it also features one of my favorite character entrances of all time, which is the entrance of one Susie Shooter, a.k.a. Shotgun Susie, a.k.a. Holy Shit, It's Her Run. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. But anyway, uh, the first one is called Welcome to the Night Side, I believe, and is many, many novels. Um, I actually do recommend all of Simon R. Green's stuff, but that's the stuff that really, I, I, I really liked. It's this wonderful blend of science fiction, fantasy, and just plain insanity that I... Truly awesome, and I cannot recommend it enough. That sounds really awesome. You know, the premise sounds a little bit like, um, like at the very beginning, I was like, "Oh, it sounds a little bit like Neverwhere." But then, at, once you got into the details, it totally it changes. But it's pretty interesting. Yeah, cool. Um, Kaylee, uh, we both we all took up a couple of things. Is there anything else you want to promote or uh, think is awesome? I wish I had time to think about this now. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I think most yeah. things are either really awesome or really, really terrible. There is no in-between for me, unfortunately. Uh. Um, okay, I'm actually going to talk about one, which is a book that I read somewhere near the beginning of the year, and it's the first time in a long time that I sat down with a book, picked up, and basically read the entire thing in one sitting. It was a 600-page book, and I read it in you know, a day, and it was, it's called Night Film by Marisha Petzl. Has anyone read it? No. <laughs> um, basically, it's a very um, uh, trippy psychosexual crime thriller about this down and out um, journalist who screwed over his career with a false story about a mysterious Dario Argento style film director who's um, extremely reclusive and his daughter has recently died and he believes that the journalist believes that his fa- the father is involved in the death, so he goes to investigate it and becomes embroiled with the weird cult of this man's films, which many people believe led others to kill. And he believes that there may be paranormal elements involved and the way that he becomes completely obsessed with this case. And it was just one of the most gripping novels I've ever read. Um, and what made it so interesting is it was a sort of multimedia book, which it included things like um, Time Magazine slideshows of this mysterious director's life and the coroner's report of the dead daughter and deep web links of this secret group of film fans who have to get together to watch this guy's films because they're illegal to own. And it was really fascinating. That's to have really cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's really interesting. And I mean, that's one where I suggest you actually go buy a copy of the book and not read it on Kindle just because it's so much easier to, to read those segments. Um, mm-hmm. But it was really it, the way it sort of it really blended those things together seamlessly. It worked as part of the story. It didn't drag you out of it. You never felt like it was you know. And now we're going to have an interlude with pictures. And <laughs> it was what it was because I said it was completely gripping. It was just it was one that was sort of very accessible on a sort of you know general reading scale. It's one that you could give to the more casual reader as well as someone who is far more interested in crime fiction. And there were, I, I didn't think it was perfect. Like there is the, um, the typical, the, the, the sort of naive nineteen-year-old ingenue who is inexplicably attracted to the forty-something-year-old male journalist. It's mm. sort of like, yeah, I, I've never seen that before. I've read every single piece of fiction ever created. <laughs> um, but it was one of those things where I genuinely did not know what was going to happen until the very last page, and that's quite rare for me because I am so hopelessly 
pessimistic about everything I read. And I can usually predict, like, so it was really nice to be surprised by a book. And as everyone knows, I am notoriously difficult to please when it comes to books, so... Have you guys ever read um, or heard of Griffin and Sabine, An Extraordinary Correspondence? Anyone ever heard of that one? I have not. No. Crickets! Okay, well, it was it was from the 90s, but I just... Um, Kaylee, I love stuff like that, like, when you can, like, you get stuff in the book. So Griffin and Sabine, FYI, in case anyone's interested, um, it's a series of three books told entirely in postcards and removable letters. So... You can, you know, you can take the letters out of the little envelopes that are on the pages, and then the other pages are, like, postcards where the front is the art and the back is the postcard, and they're, like, handwritten. I mean, it's it's printed, but it looks like a handwritten postcard. And it's kind of a, like, a sci-fi time travel thing, and it's really cool, and at the end, you're still not entirely clear on what happened, maybe. So, it's, and the art's really cool because they're both artists, and they're corresponding, and so, like, they make their own postcards, so, uh, anyway, if anyone's ever uh, interested in that kind of weird books where you can actually, like, flip through like that, it's by um, a guy named Nick Bantock, FYI. But that reminded me of it, so I just, I felt like I had to share. <laughs> okay. I'm a total a cool sucker series. for that style of book. Anything that involves the sort of crossing over of different kinds of media into the realm of fiction, I find utterly fascinating. And I, yeah, I love- well, I mean, it's not, yeah, it's not quite like what you were saying, but you might like it. You might think it was fun. I really need more books to read right now. It's not like I have 20,000 of them sitting in my <laughs> Night is really good to read as well if you are in any way a film fan, particularly of old-school horror movies. This director, this mysterious director who's at the centre of it, he's kind of like a Dario Argento with a touch of Kubrick thrown in. His films are these sort of very deep, unsettling, psychosexual mysteries that he, um, in, you know, he employs his family to act in them to give them an even worse you know, Angle and the actors who get involved refuse to talk about the experience because it's just, you know, there's such a groundbreaking moment in their lives. And I will say it's one of the moments where I felt like the book was a bit a bit lax because you can see these descriptions of the films and how wonderful they are, but when you have a book using the visual medium to tell that story and it doesn't really employ it when it comes to talking about these films, it's like, well, you keep telling me how great this film is. You can show me a picture or something. But the, I mean, the criticisms I have are really minor blips because it was just so gripping and I really wasn't thinking about the sort of faults as I was reading it, which is always a good sign because usually I get so caught up in that and it'll take me a while to finish a book because I'm like, this is terrible, all of this, I hate you. <laughs> so it's called Night Trail by Marisha Petal. It was a New York Times bestseller. It's now in paperback. You can pick it up pretty cheap. I got mine in a supermarket for like £3. So go and do it. It's really good. Okay. If I liked it, you'll know it's good. I'm trying to do the conversion in my head now. <laughs> Alright, um, well, does anybody else have anything they want to share? Oh, George, I got lots more stuff, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I could share a couple more little tiny things. You do that, I'll try to think of something in the meantime. Okay. Okay, so other awesome things I have seriously just thought of while we were all talking. Um... <laughs> I supported a Kickstarter a while ago that was for nail wraps, which I had never used before and not really was familiar with, but I was like, it sounds cool. So it was like Geek Nail Wraps by Espionage Cosmetics, and um, basically they're like nail stickers that you then put on and like shape to your nails, and they're really pretty easy to use once you get the hang of it. It takes a little practice, but... 
I got my Kickstarter package, you know, like it's done with and it's all whatever. And I'm so happy that I supported this Kickstarter because they are amazing. So I have like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle nails with googly eyes and like Deadpool-esque like black to red fading like glitter nails and like all this stuff. And I've only used, I, I got, I used uh, the Dark Knight ones which go from black to gold and they're like glitter and I'm still wearing them after like 10 days so it's like, if anybody uses nail polish, you know it chips, like, all the time, and it's, it's like, you put it on, it looks great, and then, like, the next day, you're like, oh, damn it, you know? Like, at least I have that problem. So FYI, they're now selling them, and they're freaking awesome. I have the Tim Burton ones that are, like, black and white spirals and stripes with little red blood splotch hearts on them, and, like, crazy shit like that. There's, like... Jane nails, so they look like the hats. I mean, seriously, you guys, it's they're fucking awesome. So, yeah, Espionage Cosmetics uh, nail wraps. I forget. I, th- I think they're just called nail wraps. Um, and then, speaking of the, I know that voice thing. Um, one of the things that got me into being so interested in voice actors, which I am totally freaking obsessed with them, and I've interviewed a bunch of them for Comic Mix because I just love them, is uh, a free iTunes podcast called Talkin' Tunes. Talkin' with an apostrophe, you know, like an apostrophe tunes. And it's done by Rob Paulson, who's like one of the best voice actors out there. He was like Yakko Warner, Pinky from Pinky and the Brain, like Carl Weezer on Jimmy Neutron, like all these characters. And he, like, interviews all the other voice actors, and they talk about the craft, and they do voices, and they, they're hilarious. So, FYI, that's another great thing for people to check out. It's free, it's on iTunes, and then there's videos, too. There's, like, um, they do it at the, um, the Improv Comedy Club now, but you can watch them for free on, uh, on Ustream. So, yeah, that's, that's super, super fun. And uh, I'm good now. I've got I, that's more stuff. Okay. <laughs> cool. I just uh, if, uh, if we get a chance. Speaking of Kickstarter, um, I guess this would be a good time to mention the Reading Rainbow Kickstarter. Oh yeah, there's uh, a Reading Rainbow Kickstarter. There, there certainly is. Levar Burton. Woohoo! Var Burton is bringing back Reading Rainbow in uh, as a web series. He's got a Kickstarter on it. He his, the original goal was to raise one million dollars for Kickstarter. He achieved that, I think, in less than twenty four hours. Yep. Nice. He's going for five million now. He's at three point eight six, and he and at the time of this recording, uh, by the time this reaches everybody else's ears on record, it should be just over a week to go. He's trying to get to five uh, to be able to make it available on uh, on uh, mobile devices and, and mobile device platforms, that sort of thing. So that uh, anybody that's seen, you know, grown up on Reading Rainbow, or anybody that has kids, anybody that has that knows kids, uh, this is this is the epitome of you know a project worth supporting. That's and super awesome. It, yeah, and the whole point of it is, I believe, is that. Um, it's not just he can't bring it back to television, right? But what he can do is turn it into a web app and take it directly to the schools. Exactly. Oh, how cool is that? That's awesome. <laughs> the other the other thing I should mention is some of the uh, some of the incentives. Um, they 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 uh, think it's about a week ago that they uh, brought this up that what he's got planned for 
incentives. He's doing a couple of live events. He's managed to wrangle a good number of the cast members from various Star Trek series into uh, into appearing with him for uh, you know live reading you know reading Rainbow Live where uh, they'll appear you know they'll they'll read kids books together. Um, let me see if I can. I've got the list over here. Uh, Jonathan Frakes is involved. Brent Spiner is involved. Uh, Michael Dorn. Uh, Kate Mulgrew, uh, Jerry Ryan, um, and William Shatner and Patrick Stewart are also involved among a few others. Um, it would be hilarious just to see how interested Shatner looks, you know, in, in his live event. Anybody, anybody that's ever, anybody that's ever seen Shatner at a live event that had anything to do with Star Trek looks like, he, he always looks like that's the last place on earth he wants to be. So... But it's for a good cause, you know. He he's probably into it, you know. He's eighty something years old now, so. Right, and he still keeps going. So good for him, right? Yeah. <laughs> he was um he guest hosted this British comedy show called Have I Got News from You, which is like the week's events and politics and news done humorously. And he clearly had no idea what was going on, but he just went for it. He was like, I don't get any of these jokes. I don't know who you people are. <laughs> I am going to sell this, and then I'm going to do a spoken word version of God Save the Queen. <laughs> the text wow. version, not the national anthem one. It was, it was brilliant. It's just the best thing ever. That's really funny. Wow. Yeah, cool. There was a moment where one of the other people on the show says, you're all seeing what I'm seeing, right? This is actually happening. <laughs> it, it was beautiful. Oh, I bet. Oh, hey, George, you know what we should mention? Yeah. We should mention one of our other made of fail people. Um, and I know, Kaylee, I'm sure you're aware of, that Cleo Linda is still doing the Hannibal recaps and everything. So um, FYI, for people who like Hannibal, her stuff is always awesome. And I know she's doing the, she has been doing the Hannibal recaps and everything for a while now. Me. So You can't see me right now, but I'm waving my hands frantically like Kermit the Frog. Like... <laughs> <laughs> Ah, Kermit! Flail. I feel so. I feel. I feel so bad. Like, cause I'm the only one that that I know that that has actually watched that show up until the current time. Like, and I, I listen to Angle Fee, so it's always me, like shouting at absolutely nobody. Like, you know, like I'm actually part of the conversation. So, when that this the season finale that just you know that that just aired, I was like yelling into walls because I'm being like, I need to talk. I don't necessarily need to talk to to somebody about this, but I need to talk at something about it. <laughs> oh, man. I, I, I am behind, too. I have to admit I'm behind. But I saw all of the first season and a little bit of the second, and I've loved it so far. I just, I, I said before, I got a new job recently, and I changed my schedule. So I'm a little behind. But, yeah, I actually, Cleolinda got me into the show because she just kept telling me about it, and I was like, all right, I have to sit down and watch it. And it's so good, and it's so that was, disturbing. That was the, that was the- that was the quickest addiction I've ever succumbed to. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right? Man, this is something that freaking good. It looks beautiful. But this was something because Cleo was actually on the angle piece episode. We were talking originally about the um, Golden Globes and the Oscars, and I mentioned to her this was around the time Mass Mickelson had been announced as cast for Hannibal Lecter, and we just mm-hmm. sort of had this like incoherent yelling at each other, like, "How are we going to handle this? I don't know. This might actually be really good. I know." Going to happen. We've done a season one recap, which you can listen to. I think we're going, I don't know if we're going to do season two. I think we will. But if you have to read Cleo's recap, it's because it's really interesting to read 
such in-depth and enthusiastic recaps about a show, especially from someone who is a fan of the material. Oh, yeah. Because one of the good things about the show is it has brought people to the books and to the other movies. But, like, if you're like me and Cleo and you've read all of the books and you've seen all the movies and you know far too much about cannibalism, (laughs) this is just a good thing. And it's also also worried about you too, right? I am always worried. So, but it's also really great because I'm a big fan of Brian Fuller, who's the, the uh, showrunner, and he finally has a TV show that's lasted longer than two seasons. So I'm very happy for him. Because hey. I'm not over Yeah, I, I actually, weirdly, um, I interviewed the guy who's the music composer at San Diego last year, and it was a cool little interview where he talks about, yeah, it's on Comic Mix. It, he talks about, you know, how, how he chooses and composes the music and, like, how he made some of the sounds in the season finale for season one, which is a great, like, it's a great, it's a great episode. And it was really cool to hear him talk about that. So FYI, if anyone's interested, I, that was really fun. I hope, I hope they're, I think they're going to be at San Diego this year. Hopefully I'll get to talk to some of them. So, cause that'd be I awesome. I think they are going to be cause they were there last year. And I think they were quite surprised by the sheer amount of people who turned up dressed as characters. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, last year I didn't really get notice in time to, to get in on the, the interviews or whatever for all of them, so I ended up talking to, I mean, I was glad to talk to the music guy, he was really cool, but yeah, I, I think I'm going to try and proactively be like, when are you doing the interviews? I want to talk to y'all, so yeah, because I don't, I don't know if they did interviews last year, I, I can't recall, but if they did, I, I missed out, sadly. <laughs> so, maybe this year, you guys can tell me what you want me to ask them, and I'll ask them, maybe. <laughs> I feel like my, my question would just be you to grab Brian Fuller's shoulder, shake him, and go, why? why? Oh, see, I, was, I was just about to disclaimer and be like, if you want me to hug one of them or something, then oh, I probably I, won't do it. So I, I really just <laughs> general feeling and anger. Right? I'll, I'll just, I'll do like the, the you know, in, in the comics when or the cartoons when people put their hands up and they're just like, why? That's what I'll do. I'll just be like, why? <laughs> That is the, the general like, reaction. He'll be like, because I like fucking with y'all, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Really good for something also- that ma- if you're looking for something that makes you happy just in the general conversation of the podcast, just watch anything that's got the name Brian Fuller attached to it. He right? did a TV show called, he did Dead Like Me, which is about a woman who dies and ends up having to work as a grim reaper. That he was did a very fun. That show. was real. I liked. I liked Dead Like Me. Yeah, that he was ended great. that one yeah. really eat quickly. I think he left after about three three episodes just because he had a yeah. massive out with Showtime. He then did Wonder Falls, which is this very strange show about this young slacker woman played by Alana Bloom from Hannibal, who ends up <laughs> having talking to the inanimate objects in her gift shop, which got cancelled <laughs> after like three episodes. But it's got Lee Pace in it, and it's really interesting. So you should watch that, and then you should watch Pushing Davies, which is beautiful. And I'm not over that being cancelled. And it's basically if Hannibal was happy and there was no cannibalism. Wow. And then we should all watch Hannibal and put on our flower crowns. Yeah. <laughs> and watch the, 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 the pilot he did for the remake of The Monsters, which is surprisingly good. I haven't it, seen it, that oh, one. I didn't even know about that. That's cool. Yeah, oh, it was called Mockingbird Lane. Mocking Lane. It's oh. very charming. It's more in common with Cushing Davies, obviously, than Hannibal, but it does feature Eddie Azard as the grandpa. Which is really funny. Wow. And it looks cool. stunning. And they put so much money into it. They put like 10 to $15 million into this pilot. And then never picked up the show. And was like, well, we'll just show it the Halloween movie. And then if it gets some ratings, we'll give it the show. And if it doesn't, well, hey, we tried. So I can't be too bitter because we now still have Hannibal. But it was very charming and sweet. And if you like Pushing Baby, you really like that. But it's really fun That's to watch cool. all of the themes of Brian Fuller's shows. Because he has all these, if you watch everything he does, he has all these themes. He's obsessed with death. 
He is far too many <laughs> to kill people. He likes to dress people in fancy clothing. He likes dogs. He likes food. Um, and he likes the sort of things that seem really pretty and funny at first, but are actually horrific. And, and he also <laughs> likes he also likes the dire raven stag, which is my favorite thing to come out of Hannibal because it's Swiggity so swag. weirdly awesome. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and now and now Cleo has the uh, the My Little Pony version, and I'm so jealous. I, I I'm waiting. One. I'm waiting for somebody. I'm waiting for somebody to hit a convention cosplaying. Is that it's gonna happen? I would love it. Like two people, the front and the back. How cool would that be? Right. <laughs> Well, I know someone did it last year at Comic-Con, and Brian Fuller got very excited and had to jump down and take pictures of them. I'm... Oh, oh, I saw pictures of that. You're right. I forgot about that. Yeah, somebody did do it, and it was awesome. Another it. reason you should watch anything Brian Fuller related, he dresses up as Hannibal Lecter in his spare time. <laughs> he actually dresses as Hannibal Lecter. Okay, like, that a... I did not know, and now I'm creeped out. <laughs> no, they did a... Uh, um, like, you know, the, the Television Critics Association, and they had the dinner. No, it was a breakfast they had, where they invited everyone to come and watch the Hannibal trailer and have breakfast, and he came dressed as um, Hannibal. I'll, I'll find the picture for you, because it is absolutely... Yeah, that's fantastic. Wow. You actually, actually just reminded me, too, like, because um, when I was doing this this artwork for the, for the anniversary... Um, I tried to think off the top of my head as, of as many things that made a fellas covered as possible, or you know, even in an abstract way, like things that had to be in there, like Twilight had to be in there, Warcraft, <laughs> Doctor Who, Lord of the Rings, comic books. I had a thought of adding uh, Hannibal Lecter in that in the crowd, like right next to Edward and Bella, but I ran out of room. <laughs> Aww, you could just give one of them a flower crown. <laughs> I could, like I, I'll, you know. Um, right? I'm not done with this yet, and just throwing this out there, like if you know, if anybody has any suggestions, I or or the dire raven it. stag in the background, you could do the I dire could, raven stag. Maybe could, I'd have to look at the picture again, but to, you know, I could try to cram something in there. I can't I can't guarantee that, but uh, you know, yeah. now, now's now's the time to now's the time to throw suggestions out there. Dude, you put Deadpool in a top hat. I'm happy. I'm fucking happy. Yeah, I had. To. <laughs> No, that had to happen. That had to happen because somebody had to do the bunny ears behind Dana's head. So you know, if some, if anybody in there was going to do that, it it would be dead. right. That of course it would. So that's awesome. Actually, it'd be me, but you know, <laughs> that pulls a close second. Fair. All right. Well. All right. Well, um, we've covered a lot of awesome stuff today, and I want to thank you all for being on. Hey, thank you, man. I mean, sixth anniversary. Can I say one more thing, George? Can I say? Sure. I love everybody with Made of Fail. You guys are my friendies. I don't know if it's, like, people I've met in person, people I've just talked to on here, people on Twitter. All the Made of Fail family are awesome fucking people, and I'm so happy I'm part of it. Aww. All right. Um, always honored to have you on, Emily. Glad that things are going so well for you. I'm glad your eye's doing well. Yes, because uh, you own part of it. <laughs> I do own part of it, yes. <laughs> and Kaylee, it's an honor to talk to you for the first time. Hopefully uh, talk to you a lot more. I agree. Thank you for having me. Excellent. Ben, always a pleasure, sir. Thank you. And th- it really is a great picture, man. You, you 
really need to be proud. Oh, of that. dude, you, we, you haven't seen nothing yet. When I get it, I'm <laughs> the, like, I'm literally hanging up. You know, when we're done with this, and I'm like, my drawing table's like seven feet away, and I'm gonna start inking it. So, like, I always freak out like about stuff like this, like how it's gonna look until the last minute, or until like maybe halfway through it if I'm lucky. You know, shout out to Kevin. Um, I actually messaged him yesterday, and I said like, you know, I think you're gonna like how this comes out. So he was very supportive. So thank you for that too. Yeah, and uh, let me go ahead and say a uh, special thank you to Kevin and Dana uh, for starting this six years ago. Um, we love you so much. We love the fans. Thank you. All you guys. We are fans. We are fans. We'll always be fans. And then, I mean, it's just been a wonderful ride. And um, I think on that, we'll go ahead and close. This has been episode 74 of Made a Fail. Good night and have a pleasant tomorrow. Hello listeners, this is your editor, Devin. Do what George said, come to madeafail.net. We have stuff. Lots and lots of stuff. New podcasts, new essays, and you can get feedback on all of them at madeafail.net. Seriously, when I get my license back, I'm allowed to kill you. Oh, sorry, Brock.